Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. Now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. And it can happen as simply as thinking with the end in mind. I'm Marcia Reiner, a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because a business worth selling is also a business worth owning. And I'd love to share some strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with my listeners. I put together an insightful Think Outside the Box live webinar on Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific time. It's specifically designed to help you uh, learn how to turn your business into one worth selling, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. Why now? Join me and find out all the benefits that come with a sale-ready business. Join me for free at exitwithaplan.com. I'm excited to have my guest on with me today, uh, Marvin Storm. Marvin is, uh, has more than 30 years of experience in multi-location operations management, mergers, acquisitions, and developing and executing business exit strategies. After receiving his bachelor's in science and accounting, he spent his early years with the big four accounting firm. Since then, he has launched and acquired businesses, worked with executive teams nationwide, designing and implementing business growth and exit strategies. And he's also a fellow host of a podcast called Business Exit Stories. He's, and finally, he's currently writing a book on the art and science of executing a successful business exit strategy. Marvin, I'm so happy and excited you're on the podcast today. Welcome to Profit with a Plan. Well, this is exciting. Uh, nice talking to someone that's really kind of dialed in on scaling businesses and positioning them for an exit. You know, and I think it's I think it's um, something that the business owners often don't think about. They're so tangled in the muck of trying to you know chase clients and put out fires that they forget that there's a plan and there's a future exit and a whole lot of money on the table if done well. I often get the question, probably one of the most frequently asked questions I get is, you know, why in the heck would I want to spend time thinking about an exit years in advance? I'm so busy running my business. I don't have time to think about an exit. Uh, and I get it, you know, it, uh, being an entrepreneur, you know, you have those long days and sometimes seven days a week and, and you're <laughs> pedaling as fast as you can. Uh, who has time to think about an exit? But uh, those that don't, uh, you know, squander, sometimes squander a huge opportunity. You know, um, back in my previous uh, life, we were always talking about you're going to exit. Is it going to be planned or is it going to be unplanned? <laughs> There's, mm -hmm. I promise you, there will always be an exit. And um, I find that from my side of the view, you're going to you're going to have so many more opportunities when you're ready and you've planned for it than if you just go oh my gosh you know maybe it's a health or or an injury or mm -hmm. some scary opportunity mm -hmm. that took the business out from underneath you um what are your thoughts on on planning and and when might be the best time to start well, it's interesting you should mention the planned and unplanned exits because uh, that's really the title of my book. It's going to be called Pack Your Parachute. And it's really it. based on the metaphor that pilots don't pack their parachute when their engines are on fire and they're in a tailspin. 
they have that parachute ready for unexpected emergencies. And if they need it, that's ready. And they can grab the parachute and head for the, for the door and to exit the plane. And businesses are really no different. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, that uh, these planned and unplanned exits, especially the unplanned ones, uh, tend to sneak up on you and you have no idea they're coming. And if you're caught flat-footed and totally unaware, um, you know, getting back to my metaphor, you know, if you don't have your parachute packed, uh, then it's a fire drill. Uh, yeah. Then then you're scrambling to, um, you know, put something together. And generally when you're in panic mode and making decisions that you don't have thoughtful time to consider, uh, things generally uh, don't turn out well. And a lot of that value that uh, you've spent years and maybe decades, and in some cases, a lifetime building up this uh, enterprise value in your business, you don't get a chance to optimize that. And that's really uh, sad in many situations. And on my podcast, you know, it's really based on this premise of stories, uh, good stories, bad stories, some really ugly stories as told by Yuck. the people that uh, make deals happen, help and facilitate exits for entrepreneurs. And uh, these are the mergers and acquisition advisors, business brokers, CPAs, you know, wealth managers, people that are somewhere involved in the transaction flow of a business. They tell their war stories and some of the takeaways for the good ones and, and some of the lessons from uh, learn from the bad ones. And, uh, you know, as I think back on why I started the podcast was really I stepped away from my business. And if I'd have been a little bit more dialed in to the process, um, I'd had several smaller exits in my career. Uh, but this last one was kind of a, a different scale. And I thought I knew certain things, but it turned out that I really didn't. I really mm. didn't know what I didn't know. And if I had known or been had a little bit more insight, I could have... Um, you know, optimize or maximize some components of my business that uh, I didn't. And um, that's really why I, I got to thinking about that after stepping away from my business, you know, about there's probably a lot of other people out there like me uh, that probably could use some uh, insight and uh, could learn from others so they don't have to walk through the minefield and step on those mines that they don't know that are there. You know what, that's a really good story about what coulda, shoulda, woulda happened mm -hmm. with an asset that is, as you mentioned, uh, decades in the making or a lifetime in the making. And to just leave that asset <clears throat> to an unknown ending scares the heck out of me. You know, I, I watched both of my parents do just that mom had ran a fantastic mortgage business and had the opportunity to sell and didn't because she wasn't ready to retire and left significant money, close to a million dollars on the table. And, and it just breaks my heart that people aren't thinking about that strategy and, and the ways that they can impact. Mm -hmm. You know, what we used to think our home was the largest asset that we own, but as business owners, the largest asset that we own is our business. But they're not thinking with that end in mind. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, I've sat in that chair. You know, I understand that. I made the same, you know, fatal mistakes and flaws, you know, in, in how I thought and what I actually did. I mean, I had some things done, right? I mean, I had actually thought because I took outside capital, I took private equity. Mm. And uh, one of the things that I didn't 
I understood the words when I, you know, that uh -oh. <laughs> uh, pri pri private equity, you know, has a timeline, uh -huh. uh, the, you know, the general partners of a fund, you know, they have unlimited partners and investors in their fund and they're expecting a rate of return and they need a monetization event to realize those uh, investments and returns on those investments. And even though I heard those words, uh, until it really, you know, crystallized in a board meeting saying, okay, uh, we've been in this for five years now. We need to start, you know, planning Time to for, <laughs> for an exit. And I wasn't ready. You know, I, mm. I, I intellectually understood it, but I wasn't ready. And then, you know, I had an obligation, you know, I had commitments that I had made yeah. and it wasn't, it wasn't my decision anymore. And so timing and, you know, the, the type of things that uh, I was interested in and in building long-term value and what uh, my partners now, my financial partners had in mind, um, they diverged at some point in time. And, um, you know, even though I understood, as I said, the reality set in when I had a timeline to uh, actually work toward now pulling the trigger, and stepping away from the business. And uh, I, I did so reluctantly. And uh, because the timing in for me personally, wasn't mm -hmm. right. I, I, I still had more giddy up and my, my sure. uh, pitch, you know, that I, I didn't want to step away. So that you know, was a, less, a, a, a hard lesson to learn. It sounds like it. And I think people often forget about the influx of capital and and who helps make decisions after that point. And, mm -hmm. you know, if their if their decision is to achieve a, a monetary goal, then, you know, you took their money, you have to follow what they say at a certain point. So that is the scary side of, of expansion and, and looking for capital um, from from different avenues other than the bank. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, where you just pay it back. But, you know, how do you, how do you set the mind? You know, you, you talked about, you weren't ready. You know, you thought you had some giddy up. My mom, I experienced her. She wasn't ready to retire yet and left that huge money on the table. But in your case, you thought you could do so much more for that. When does that mind shift kind of happen when you realize, okay, now it is time to sell. And, and what's that window like when you finally make that decision? Well, it's a great question. And one that I think doesn't have any real definitive uh, firm answers. And the advice that I would <laughs> give from, you know, listening to literally hundreds and hundreds of transactional stories on the podcast that I host, uh, one of the common threads through all of these stories is first that uh, there are no perfect exit plans. Uh, they just really don't exist because it's like Winston Churchill and my, or maybe it was uh, Dwight Eisenhower said, you know, when they were, you know, deep into the World War II strategizing and, you know, running their campaigns or war strategies and campaigns is that, you know, they come to a battle with a, a battle plan. And that battle plan is great until the first shot is fired. And, uh, you know, because things become fluid at that point in time and uh, things are happening in real time. And I think that for the most part, running a business is somewhat the same. Mm. Uh, you have a general strategy and plan uh, and it sounds great. 
and uh, on paper, until, <laughs> on, on paper until until business happens mm -hmm. and uh, things that change and evolve in real time. But what the a business plan does give you is a target mm -hmm. uh, that you're headed toward. And you're going to go right and left and up and down and into the weeds. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But as, as long as you can see out on the horizon there, right. that there is a goal that you're heading toward, that, that is your North Star, that is your mm. compass, that that will keep you on target, moving toward an eventual uh, monetization event. Mm. And, you know, that's going to change in scope, it's going to change in timeline, it's going to change in, in the size and scale of your business, and your personal goals and objectives will probably evolve and change over time. Uh, but one thing that, uh, you know, starting to think about uh, a general point in the future keeps you focused and moving forward. If you don't have that North Star there, uh, you tend to, you know, get off uh, off your your path, and you, sometimes you can end up in a different state, you know, uh, completely not where you thought you were going. And so that would be my uh, advice to kind of address your question. You know, what is the mindset? What is the objective or goal? And that is really to get into the frame of mind that just like you said, you're going to have an exit. Is it going to be a good one or a bad one? Uh, I don't know, because there's only really three buyers, uh, three things that can happen to your business and a couple mm -hmm. of type of buyers. You're either going to sell your business to someone that you know that's in, inside the company, an employee, a family member, a partner, right. uh, a group of uh, people in the company as a management team or something like that, or you're going to sell <laughs> the business to someone you don't know, a third party. And those are different type of buyers that have different types of needs. And the only other alternative is that you're going to wind down your business, close it, or maybe involuntarily be pushed into bankruptcy or something unfortunate like that. But when you think about it, if those are the only three things that can happen to a business, you're going to sell your business to someone you know or pass it on to someone you don't know, third party, or you're going to wind it down in one fashion or another, then I think it's probably smart that you kind of figure out which one of those kind of fits to your situation. And maybe Hopefully not winding, the third. <laughs> well, maybe winding it down is really the best option. You may mm. have no one in the business that you know you're going to sell it. You may believe that your business doesn't have any value and you're just going to sell off the assets. I'll tell you an interesting story. And this is a personal story uh, of someone that I knew that uh, was a personal services business, really didn't mm -hmm. think his business had a lot of value. He made a great income because mm -hmm. he was selling his expertise and he was selling his knowledge. And uh, he, in essence, sort of was the business uh, for the, you know, uh, how it was structured and how he designed his business and was able to charge a, a very handsome retainer and ongoing uh, consulting fees for what he did. And when it came time to kind of wind, you know, step away and retire, uh, he was just going to sell off his assets, you know, all of the things that he'd accumulated, you know, at really uh, auction, you know, just liquidate what he had. And he thought he may get $20,000, $25,000 for um, you know, selling off those assets. And once I found out what he was doing, I said, hey, <laughs> well, let's chat. And Wait a we, got to, we got together and uh, you know, within a few hours, you know, I've you know, kind of outlined that he really did have 
uh, some intangible assets that he didn't yeah. really assign any value to. And that was his customer list. That was his brand, a, a, a phenomenal website and a great reputation in the market. And that was had value to some somebody else within his industry. Yeah. And it didn't take long for him to kind of shift his mindset and move into uh, thinking about how he could monetize those intangible assets. And he walked away with you know, several hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, of what he thought was valueless. And uh, so he got so 10x, 10x of what he would have gotten in a liquidation. Yeah. So I believe almost any business uh, can be sold because there's a buyer. It's just like a house. You mm. know, uh, for every house out there, there's a buyer at some price. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you just have to sometimes put lipstick on that house, you know, paint it and do <laughs> some landscaping and things yep. but, uh, and dress it up a little bit. Uh, and businesses are the same way, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can uh, position and tell and create a, a story around why you're exiting and what the value of the business is, it will have value. To somebody and they may have a lot more value than it would have for you because of how they're positioned in the marketplace and what they do and they may have a customer base that they can plug your customers in and uh, monetize uh, mm. you know what you do to their customers and i just have so many stories uh, that i've uh, shared on my podcast that that is exactly what happens when a strategic buyer comes to the table and will often offer multiple times more than what a financial buyer would write a check for because so strategically strategically it makes sense for what they do and they can recapture what they're going to pay you for the business multiple mm -hmm. times sometimes within a year or two you know that's a fantastic story and it is perfectly aligned with my target audience of people thinking, oh, well, I'm just a professional services, so I, it's, I'm the business and can't sell it. But your story really added that real, real life history of what it can be and, and not looking at it, it oh, only the M&A um, buyers are going to come in and they only want to see the multiples of your income and, and these kind of crazy things where, where there's so much more the intellectual property, the branding, the idea that mm -hmm. they have, and the use of that product in with their clients or what their product can do to my clients that I'm selling with, you've just outlined tremendous value. And I think that's the piece that most business owners are forgetting. Sorry, I have uh, I, the, the garbage guys going by and my dog thinks she wants to eat them. So, you know, there's there's noise in the background wherever we are. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's just it's just a missed opportunity that that so many people miss. Besides the fact that I think one more little story is that oftentimes someone wants to bypass that startup struggle, right? And if they can buy a business that's already existing and rolling, I mean, right? I'm sure you have hundreds of stories that are talking about, I just wanted to get something that was, the train was already rolling and I wanted to jump on and make it better, right? Absolutely, because, you know, there are a whole host of buyers out there and the buyers at different levels. You know, there are buyers that fall in the bucket of, you know, I, I want to go to a place every day. I want the you know, 
build on something that's already there. I'm not the yeah. type of personality can start something from scratch. I, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm an executor. I spent my career in corporate America executing on budgets and plans and, and within a department or a company. And uh, that's what I want to do. I want to, I, I want to be the worker. I want to, I want to show up every day and just have that feel of con- contributing and getting it done, as you said. And then there are buyers that, uh, you know, that's not their gig. That's not what they want to do. They want to, you know, work on the scaling of a business. They don't want to come in every day. They want to work on strategy and they they want a business that already has a management team in place. And then there are buyers, like I said, that are corporate buyers that, you know, look at a business uh, strategically and they look at what you do and how it plugs into their business mm. model. And uh, some companies grow by acquisition. That's how they yeah. create growth. And um, and so there's different types of buyers out there. And one of the things and advantages that, you know, going through the thought process of what my business is all about and who that buyer is going to be down the road will change everything and how you look at your business and what you sure. do to position the business to appeal to that buyer. Because if you're going to sell your business to someone inside of the company that knows your business and that has been coming in for a decade or two and, you know, is not going to miss a step when you hand them the keys, Mm -hmm. uh, you do things differently in preparing for that type of exit than you would to someone that doesn't have a clue who you are, doesn't know your ethics, doesn't know your background. And they're assuming that there's a whole bunch of skeletons in the closet. I was just so going to say that. <laughs> they're looking for the skeletons. They're going to do a deep dive, you know, and give you that uh, colonoscopy. Look at your dirty laundry. It's not worth this much. And so, and you do different things. And so you want to be, have different type of preparation that you go through uh, when that type of buyer uh, steps to the table. And quite frankly, a strategic buyer could care less about your financials sometime. They're not even, they, they, they really don't care. They're looking at the product capability or the, or the client capability. Yeah. What the, how they can monetize it. You know, yeah. whether you make money or not in what you're doing in your business may be irrelevant to them because they just see that they have, they have 100,000 customers that are going to spend $3,000 on your service or product and, and uh, that translates into a lot of money on an annual basis to them. And so uh, they're willing to pay up for that. Yeah. So how do you, how do you advise um, a client that is unsure whether a junior or the team's going to buy it or the outside competitor is going to buy it or they're lucky enough to have um, some sort of product or service like the tech world that someone's just going to buy them like a Google is mm-hmm. just going to buy them and gobble them up and could care less what everything is doing. What would you recommend to a business owner that's a little unsure of what path that might look like to maybe cover all the bases? Well, it's a great question. And um, I think the best advice I could give is that so often entrepreneurs are of this mindset. They're the can-do type of people. You know, they are in business for themselves (laughs) because they uh, enjoy the the challenge of building something from nothing and walking through walls and looking around the corners for new products and services of what the future is going to look like. And that's just who they are. Mm-hmm. And they, they get their 
um, joy and their satisfaction from solving problems on the fly. That's just how they, they function and operate. And they make the assumption that they're, when it comes time to exit, that they're going to be able to make decisions the same way they have in the mm -hmm. past. Just do it on the fly. Unfortunately, the data doesn't really support uh, great outcomes when you approach your exit that way. And so you have to be a little bit more thoughtful. So the best advice I could give someone is to surround themselves just like a, an entrepreneur should surround himself with good, competent people in his team that are smarter than him in certain aspects of what they do and what their skill sets are. You should approach your exit the same way and well in advance of the final event of surrounding yourself with good advisors. That may be uh, a business broker, an M&A advisor. It may be a CPA. Uh, you there know, will be taxes be, involved. Yes. There <laughs> will CPA. be taxes. And generally, uh, that's an afterthought in, in yes. a lot of situations and, and the, cases. And the wealth, yeah. That just disappears into thin air, <laughs> uh, which it doesn't have to happen, actually. Correct. Well planned. You need to, well planned, you, doesn't you, yeah, you, you need to have uh, someone that can give you insight. It may be a transaction attorney working within your specialty or vertical niche. Uh, it may be, uh, you know, an intermediary like an M&A advisor, business broker, as I said. But you need someone that has some insight that you don't have that can tell you what the landscape is like, what the, what the valuation methods are and who the buyers are out there and some mm. Some intermediaries out there have a, you know, client list of people they deal with on an everyday basis uh, that they can simply pick up the phone call uh, and make a call and bring buyers to the table because they are well networked and connected within, you know, the business or industry that you're in. And yeah. so you you never want to discount that because so often entrepreneurs, you know, just don't like to pay those referral or finder fees and commissions to someone that works on a success fee basis. Uh, they think they can do it themselves because they're that <laughs> they're that uh, do-it-yourself type of uh, you know personality. But right. rarely, rarely is that uh, a good strategy because entrepreneurs become really good at what they do. Uh, because they do it but every they're day. not good at everything <laughs> they're not good at everything and they probably are not very good at optimizing value at exit right it's just a different set of rules and things that uh, you have to take into consideration to be able to you know optimize the value of uh, that you've created over the years and uh, i would say that in nine to ten nine point five times out of ten uh, it is a better strategy to have a great partner uh, in positioning your business for an exit that's uh, done it a hundred, if not a thousand times before. Yes. Excellent. Excellent advice. And early enough where the changes can be affected and implemented in a timely manner without being under the gun of, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta fix this fast. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of you know, starting with the end in mind, you know, start on day one, you know, if you can about thinking of what you can do and how to position your place along the way, it actually changes decisions and directions that you would take if you're thinking about how you're going to exit. Um, even, even when you're thinking 10, 15 years down the road, I'm not going to retire now, but I'd love to be able to have this as an asset 
that I can retire with and, you know, start making decisions that, that make your business more, um, more profitable, more, uh, more wealthy, uh, more attractive to those buyers, the potential buyers that are coming down. So fantastic. Yeah. I think, I think I just want to, one comment I want to make is that uh, you had mentioned it earlier. And one of the comments you made is it's a state of mind. Mm. Uh, it's a thought process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you make decisions differently when you oh, totally. have an exit in mind, a simple thing like signing a, a lease. Uh, if you are property intensive in your business, just the or taking on and, capital, taking on capital, the terms and those arrangements will have a big impact on the value of your business and the uh, smoothness of that transition. You know, you're so right. It's even buying other assets that are part of your company. Say if you're if you're thinking of selling your business in the future, you know, it's simple off idea of buying your business building, but maybe buying it under a different uh, um, uh, corporation than the business itself, mm-hmm. because then that business can become, you know, the property can become, become an asset to the business and the business can pay you know, the, the, the property for you. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it's shifting and thinking, like you said, that mindset for your future on how you might want to deconstruct the company in the future and exit the company that you make decisions now that benefit that. So fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, The the example, the example that you give in real estate is just one of dozens of things that you can do to optimize value. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Marvin, this has been really good, really insightful. And I know listeners are going, wow, I didn't think of it that way. I just thought that, you know, I'd pull the trigger someday and off I'd run, or maybe six months before I pulled that trigger, I'd, I'd make some phone calls. Um, where can listeners find out more about you and what you provide and your future book? Well, probably the best thing to do, and I wish my podcast had been around when I was exiting my business, because this this Business Exit Stories podcast is just about stories, just like your business, you know, mm-hmm. people out there that are listening to your uh, show here. Uh, it's just hundreds of stories that went well, some that didn't go so well, some that took longer, some that kind of blew up, uh, just, and the takeaways, so mm-hmm. that the individual business owner doesn't have to make some of those mistakes. And every podcast has four episodes, four stories in it. And uh, they're quick and, uh, you know, kind of intriguing and unique because every, every situation is a little bit different. So just go to wherever you get your podcast and type in business exit stories and find the podcast and subscribe. And also I found that people that do listen to the podcast kind of want to know what's kind of next. And so I've prepared a little report that talks about, you know, optimizing the value of your business substantially. And so you can get that report by just going to businessexitstories.com forward slash report to the number two, uh, you know, just forward slash report to, and you can download that report. And I think you'll find it an interesting read and, it will give you something to think about uh, if you're a business owner out there. Love it. And so important because, you know, this, this, like I said in the beginning, this is our biggest asset, you know, even beyond our house. And, and we need to think of it like an asset and make those great mm-hmm. decisions along the way. So 
with your stories. They're fantastic. The podcast is great. And it's always better to be prepared than behind the eight ball reacting to all the things that could come your way. And just, you know, both of us are, are proponents of, of the early plan. I can see that for sure. So thank you so much for, for coming on today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been delightful. And uh, thank you for again. Absolutely. So listeners, I hope you found a couple ideas to put into your business that will help you become more profitable. I know just thinking about that in the future and picking up that report on, uh, on Marvin's site will be so much, um, so much helpful for you, so much help to, to be able to start shifting that mindset. So don't forget, now more than ever, it's important to build your business like you want to sell it. Don't forget to register for my new web class on how to turn your business into one worth selling even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. There are tons of benefits as we discussed to having a sale-worthy business. It'll be on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Go register for free at exitwithaplan.com. You sure don't want to miss this class. And Marvin and I would love to hear your questions um, and feedback. Give us some comments or maybe some horror stories or experiences you've had or, or maybe even something you've done to put in your business that you think will create more value when you're ready to sell it. So comment on today's podcast and don't forget to subscribe. You can always catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks again, Marvin. Thank you.